Hello, and welcome back to Netflix and Kill, your source for everything horror and Netflix and, and cults. Killing? Yeah, there's killing in this episode. So. You said that in a really funny way. <laughs> yes, there's <laughs> quite a lot of killing. And, um, and cults, you were correct. Yes. Um, it's not a cult. It's just communion. It's not a cult. It's a community <laughs> where we were brainwashed. <laughs> so, I'm Kyla, and back again is Marty. Hey, it's me. And today we have a special guest. Hello, I'm Josh. So, do I just introduce myself? Yeah, uh, just yeah. jump into okay, it. Okay, well, I guess... I'm here representing my YouTube channel, The Film Nerds. Um, we're a YouTube channel about a bunch of young film lovers coming together and reviewing, discussing, and parodying current movies. And the people on our channel range from college film majors who want to go into the film business to friends of mine from high school that just really love movies. And so we always have a lot of variety in opinions and perspectives and viewpoints. And we're also thinking of starting a podcast soon. So if podcasts are more of your thing, then I don't know where we're going to be posting them, but we're going to be posting them to YouTube. So check out the film nerds. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay, I, that's I, it. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, come back. Come back. <laughs> Join our cult. <laughs> um, but I have actually been watching you guys' Oscar coverage. Like, Aww. a lot. Thanks. Um, and I really enjoy it. I mean, I watch, like, most of your videos, but, like, the Oscar oh. coverage I've really been enjoying because I get, like, super into the Oscars, even though I think they're dumb. I, like, no. get yeah. super into it still and, like, predicting who's going to win. Yeah, like, even if you don't agree, it's still, like, a yeah, lot of Yeah, it's just fun. It's just, like, I don't know. It's our Super Bowl of the film world. Yeah. I'm just super excited for the Oscar party that we do every year. Ooh, yeah. You guys are going to have fun with that. Yeah. Okay. We literally um, fill out a ballot, and whoever has the um, the most, like, predictions correct, then they win something. Nice. It's um, it's guess, fun. Brian and Billy do it every year. Yeah, I guess I who Kyla won, won last yeah. year. Yeah, <laughs> Kyla did one last, last year. My trophy is over there, the golden whisk, because... Oh my gosh. Brian picked it out like the day of and was like, this is going to be like our Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, Bri- Brian and Billy are our film professors, by the way. Yeah, we yeah. call our professors by their first names because we're cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, they're like, yeah. yeah. They're yeah. like chill. <laughs> uh, well, that was a way to say it. Okay, so what are we actually here to talk about? We're going to talk about the invitation. (laughs) (laughs) The invitation. (laughs) Yes. So, um, real fast, who wants to give a summary of the invitation or describe the thought in some way? I mean, mean, you're staring at me, so I guess guess me. I can do it if you guys want me to. I I can do it. Um, Okay, so the invitation is basically about this uh, guy named Will who got a divorce from his wife after their son died. I think he got hit in the head with a baseball bat by some other kid and he just collapsed and died. Yeah, which yeah. is really freaking sad. Yeah. Because you don't <laughs> expect that. Yeah. And then happen at all. Yeah. And then so after that, like two, three years later, um, he gets a invitation from her to come to this like dinner party 
and he brings his uh, new girlfriend, Kira, with him. And um, so, like, during this party dinner that they're having, like, weird things keep popping up. And Will keeps noticing that, like, things are off about his ex-wife and, like, her new husband or boyfriend. I don't remember if they got married or not. I don't think they ever specify. Yeah. Well, her new... Her her new partner, I guess I should say. That's more general, I guess. And, um... So, and then they invite some, like, weird people over. Plus, like, all their other friends. And these weird people keep talking about the greatness of death. And how it's not actually death, but reunion with the other ones from your life. And it's fucking weird. And, uh... Yeah, <laughs> and things just keep escalating from there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I think at this point we should state, and anyone who listens to the podcast knows this, but I feel the need to state again, we are not a spoiler-free podcast, so if you haven't seen the movie yet, go watch it now. I think we all would recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then come back and listen to the episode, because we're going to spoil a lot of things. Or yeah. if you don't care about spoilers, just keep listening. <laughs> yeah, I think that's cute, but it's more fun if you go in blind, I think, because there's some twists in this yeah. movie. Yeah, if you if you watch the movie, like, first, it, it, it would be more interesting, because then you won't know what's going on, but... Yeah. I, I, like, yeah. yeah, I feel like there isn't a way to even talk about this movie without mentioning, like, the ending. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that kind of shapes the whole thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like everything nuts. that keeps going on is just, like, a slow buildup to, like, this explosion of, like, stuff that happens at the very, very end. And, like... It, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like yeah. a rubber band being stretched in like the entire movie, and then in the final twenty minutes, it just snaps. It yeah. is. That's a good analogy. For yeah. It. Yeah. So, Josh, you were the one who suggested we do this movie for the podcast. So, mm-hmm. what about it? First, kind of drew you to it, and uh, you know, I think it's safe to say you like this film. So, what are I some do. things that you like about it? I like it? it a lot. Okay. Um. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what how to even talk about it. It's kind of. <laughs> it's, it's all right. It's, it's yeah. time. Okay. It's. Well, I think I love it because of the thing that I just said. How the entire movie seems like it's building up to something, and mm-hmm. it doesn't let you like it doesn't fully let you in on it until the very end. And it just like you said, it, it's explosive at mm-hmm. the ending. And yeah, yeah. And not okay. only is it so much fun to watch, but it just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just feels like everything has really been building up to it. And yeah. it's just a perfectly paced movie and has a perfect rise and fall of it all feels like it really has built up to this big moment and it's yeah. all earned it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, like it, there is a lot of doubt in this movie during the like three first three quarters of the movie because like they like the main character will he keeps like noticing these things that are off about you know his ex-wife and her partner and how like how weird they keep the house and like the things that they're keeping in the house um like he finds pills in their room or something that are like not like they're like really unusual pills i don't remember what kind of pills they were um but like 
apparently he asked one of the other, like, friends that he could trust who, like, knows about pills, and they're like, yeah, well, this is, uh, not something you normally keep in your house, um, so, yeah, (laughs) um, but, like, they keep, and, like, that random girl who's, like, sort of living, yeah, who's, like, living with them, sort of? The first appearance of her is really weird. She, like, is standing in the doorway of, like, the, I think the ex-wife's bedroom? Butt-ass naked. (laughs) And Will just sees her out of the corner of his eye. He's like, who the fuck are you? (laughs) And she's just sitting there, like, with this, like, smug look on her face, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you can tell, you can tell by the way he looks at her, he's like, did I just dream this up? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then she shows up and introduces herself. She's yeah. like, hi, I'm Sadie, I, I help, how, how did they describe it? With her and the couple, she's like, I help them out. Yeah, Which is she's like, like really I'm weird. a friend of theirs. <laughs> Which is really weird. Yeah. In and of itself. Um, but... Yeah, there's, like, a bunch of stuff that keeps happening where, like, it'll build up the suspense and you can tell, like, this is not good. But then, like, the ex-wife's partner will be like, you're acting really weird. Like, I don't know what's up with you. And uh, he keeps saying, everything's fine. And, like, you know, there's kind of that bit of, like, you know, doubt that his paranoia isn't correct. You know, it's like he's, like, just being irrational. Um, his but, paranoia is like linked to his son's death. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there's just a a bunch of stuff that like, it gets like it messes with your brain because of how it's presented, and like you can tell like there is definitely something up, but at the same time you don't know if like if it's just Will or if it's the whole thing. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's another thing I love about this movie is how many questions it asks the audience. Mm -hmm. And, like, not even just questions that it directly states, but, like, Mm -hmm. so I'm taking a play analysis class right now, and this movie actually reminds me a lot of a play. Like, I think it could be done as a play really well, because a lot of it's just, like, talking. Mm -hmm. But one thing we're learning in the class is to always ask the question, why, anytime anything happens. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I applied that when watching this movie, and there are so many questions that... It could be asking just like l- through little things the characters say and how it reveals information. And I just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bad with words, but I just love the way the script, the how tight the script is and yeah. how it unfolds this information and continually continues to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely Cont- agree. Because um, I think like the problem with a lot of horror movies on Netflix, you know, especially mm-hmm. some of the ones we've watched is they're like so exposition-y. Most um, likely to die. <laughs> I was thinking, like, Bird Box, even. Oh, yeah, it was, like, that one, too. Super, like, at the beginning, she just straight up states, like, yeah, I don't want kids because, you know, our father was emotionally distant and we weren't raised very well and, like, I don't trust people and I, you know, I'm lonely so i don't want kids uh, or you know like they basically just straight up state like everything you need to know about the characters within mm-hmm. the first five minutes but like this movie is really really smart about um the dialogue and like revealing enough information but doing it in a very natural way and not yes. just like stating in a big expedition uh, exposition dump like what's happening or whatever mm-hmm. like they never do that they they reveal everything very slowly and naturally um, so I agree. Yeah. I... Like, like even when they're playing that game, I want like mm-hmm. that could be 
that could so easily have been just an easy way out for the writer to just have the character say what they want. But like even then he does it in such an interesting way where you're wondering why did this person why did this person choose to say something? Why did they choose to say that one thing? Do they mm-hmm. really want that thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I people want are cocaine. Gonna... I want a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> and he yeah. keeps bringing that up over and over again. Yeah, it's. God, I I mean, like you can tell these people aren't taking things seriously because, like, who would who would like want to take something like that seriously? Yeah, exactly. Like that kind of makes sense in a way. Because mm-hmm. I mean, if you're at a dinner party drinking with your friends and stuff, it's not like you're gonna actually reveal your deepest desires or something. Yeah, you're gonna be kind of goofing off. So. Yeah, and then like the ex-wife kisses like. Uh, Will's friend who had a business with him for a while. She goes, "I want to kiss you." He goes, "Okay." And then he like pecks her like on the lips, and then she just like fucking grabs his face and just starts like shoving her tongue down his throat. And he's like, "What the hell?" Yeah. And then her partner is just like watching this and grinning. Like, yeah, he's oh, like, "Good yes. time." Yeah, like like that's a thing you do, I guess. Yeah. No, that was interesting. So yeah. I think the acting in this movie was really good, I thought. Yeah. Um, especially um, the Eden was the ex-wife's name, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she, I thought, was really impressive. Mm. Also, side note, I love her dress. Yeah. It's oh like gosh. this white, like, gown. I'm in, I I made the comment, oh, she looks like a vampire. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> But yeah, I thought all the performances were really strong in this movie, too, mm-hmm. which helps kind of carry you through. You feel like this really was a group of friends once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really liked the character of Gina. She's, like, really fun and casual. Yeah. And, like, she felt, like, the closest to someone I would actually know in real life, and so I was, like, very naturally drawn to her. She's like, yeah. I want some cocaine. <laughs> and, like, just did, like just started laughing about it, and then the, the ex-wife's partner, David, go, like, he's like, okay, I'll bring you some cocaine. She's like, what? <laughs> that whole scene was weird, and then he, then, and then it like gets even weirder because like one of the guys that David had invited over to the house, I think his name was Pruitt, the, yeah, the big Pruitt. guy. Yeah, he he goes. I want to tell you about my wife. We were married for eight years, almost fifteen. And then he, like, goes into this, like, whole spiel about how he, like, backhanded her so hard she fucking died. <laughs> and, then, and then he, like, joined this cult or whatever. He was in prison, and then he joined the cult, and he's like, I don't feel regret anymore. And it's like, what? I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> you should probably feel bad about that. <laughs> and it was like, it was just like, God, I'm so glad that one girl just, like, fucking left. Yeah. Oh, Claire. Yeah. I hope she was able to leave and not yeah. just, like, was murdered. Yeah, because you never find out what happened to her. Yeah. Because she gets uncomfortable with all of this. And she's like, I'm really just going to leave. Like, people are talking, you know, kissing and, like, Sadie's making suggestive comments to everyone. Yeah. Um. So I don't really blame Claire because it was, the whole thing was just really awkward. And then, you know, and then Will's having flashbacks about his son mm-hmm. and, like, you know, you can feel the tension. But yeah, you never really find out what happens to her. Yeah. Um, I mean, they never find her dead body, so maybe she got home safe. Yeah. Hopefully. I, I don't know. It might be, like, the same thing as, like, um, 
in truth or dare, you know, like, if you say you want to leave right out, um, they, they'll, like, maybe tell you, like, stay for, like, all this other stuff, but, like, if you really want to leave, you can leave mm-hmm. before, like, they start all the weird shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of respected, uh, truth or dare for that. Yeah. It, Pruitt probably killed her, though, let's be real. Yeah, but I was well. That always makes me wonder: was the original purpose of the dinner to kill all of them, or was it just to get them to join them? Because they wanted to all go out together, like they wanted mm-hmm. to die together peacefully. But they didn't like tell them that, and so they—I don't know. Do you do you think they knew they were going to kill them no matter what, or do you think that they were? going to it do you think they thought that they were going to genuinely persuade everyone to I th- join them i think they were tr- i think they were going to try really hard to persuade them and like make it seem like it was fine yeah and, um but because of will's paranoia and the fact that he used to live in that house and knows where everything is and the way like things were moved around and the way things were being kept and the way the way his ex-wife was acting, he knew something was up, and that's why it didn't work. Was because um, at the very beginning they they said something about how um, they weren't even sure that he was going to show up, and because he did, that probably ruined their plan. Yeah, well, I mean, I think they still wanted him to show up. I I think that they were going to kill everyone no matter what, but like I do think that they really wanted everyone else to join them because it seems like they were trying really hard to sell this cult to them and mm-hmm. and i think i think that they didn't see themselves as malicious which is really interesting like i don't think you know i think that they saw themselves killing these dinner guests as like a good thing because mm-hmm. you know in their mentality the death when- is like setting you free and you get to reunite with all the ones you've lost and so I think that, you know, they're so taken into this cult that they just think it's a good thing and that they're helping their friends mm-hmm. um, either by getting them to join or by helping set them free. Yeah. Um, I, I think the the plan altogether was probably just to have everyone, like, drink the poison wine and die together. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the whole thing with, like, it's just really complicated because you don't know the intentions, but, like... Trying to speculate them is even harder when you know what happens, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, all, it's all so crazy yeah. that you can't decipher, like, any kind of intention from these people. Well, well we, we talked a little bit about when the movie ended that, like, most, if not all, of the people who joined the cult had lost loved ones. Yeah. So it was, like, their way of dealing with loss... And, you know, and this is a thing that happens a lot in real life is, like, people who have lost loved ones or suffered from trauma are sometimes more susceptible to groups like this because Mm -hmm. you look, you know, when you're dealing with trauma like that, you look for support from Mm -hmm. a group and um, it makes you feel stronger, you know, to have that, that group support. And so I think the cult was, like, feeding on people who had suffered loss like that. I, I, I mean, I, I really, I understand that, but, like, my, what I was trying to say was, like, you don't know the intentions of, like, if they wanted everyone to die, or, and, like, have them live, or, like, if, um, like, they wanted everyone to die together, like, suicide pact thing. That's what makes me so curious about Claire again. Yeah. If, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because, because if they just let her go, 
then it must have been a situation of, oh, well, I mean, I guess she'll just not be able to be a part of this beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. Or do you think they were so, like, hell-bent on having this moment that they took matters into their own hands? Yeah. And killed her beforehand. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I think I think having Pruitt follow her out is, like, just so sketchy, though. Yeah. And so, like, you don't know, like, if she's dead or not, and I'm really... I, I'm really worried about it. Please. Oh, the only question the movie doesn't answer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Where's Claire? Well, I think that's the only, like, big question yeah. that doesn't answer. Every, there are lots of other little questions that you can, like, probably fill in the blanks yourself. Yeah. But with her, mm-hmm. it's like, did he kill her? Did he not kill her? Yeah. Oh, or Claire. I loved Claire. I related to her so yeah. much. Oh, me too. <laughs> She's like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to leave. I was like, yeah. me too. Because it was such an awkward atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the whole thing with Choi, too, where, like, no one knew if he was dead. The only thing that they knew was that there was a call on the cell phone and Will freaked out because, like, he said he was there and, like, everything is going on and so weird. And then he shows up later. He's like, my job called me in and, like, they can't do anything without me and blah, blah, blah. And, like, this was right after Will has this whole spiel about how fucking crazy everyone is. And he's yelling at Eden and David. And he's <laughs> he's yelling at everyone else because, like, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Because, like, it's really sketchy. And, and then Choi just walks in and he's like, hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Um so I guess for reference, and... Choi is like a, a friend of theirs that hadn't shown up. Yeah, yet. it's Gina's on... boyfriend, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. They've been waiting on him the whole night. And so like, yeah, as the viewer, you kind of are with Will like, "Oh my gosh, something happened to him. He got murdered." Yeah. What's going on? And then he just shows up. Well, but yeah. they also say throughout the entire movie that he's very unreliable and he yeah. always shows up late to things. And so that's yeah. just adding further doubt to the situation but like in like in the thing he said i'm really early man like i'm super early and i'm just gonna stay here if you can go pick up a cake for me that'd be great and then so like but apparently like right after he had made that call to will um like he got called into work and you know, why why wouldn't he tell anyone that (laughs) is my thing and so like well, I think he called Gina. Did I mean, he? Yeah, I think she... Yeah, like, right when he walked in, he said that he called her, but she didn't get it because okay. of her bad phone reception. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That would make sense. But yeah. but, yeah, it's interesting, though, the kind of, like, whole back and forth of, like, truly making the audience question Will also. Because, like, we... I think, you know, as the main character, we kind of want to sympathize with him. Mm-hmm. We want him to be right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um... But they do a good job of making you really question his sanity. And then, yeah. of course, he ends up being right. But, like, but, and then you, you wish know. he wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yes, shit hits the fan really fast and a whole lot of murder starts happening. Mm-hmm. Just... Like, literally, they, like, start putting the wine out and then Will freaks out and he starts screaming. He's like, don't drink it! Don't drink it! And he starts smacking uh like glasses out of people's hands but he doesn't get to gina in time and she ends up dying um like she dies was it cyanide because yeah because her she was foaming at the mouth and like not breathing and she died um and then right after that 
Sadie, I think, she, like, freaks the fuck out and, like, starts screaming, you ruined it! You ruined it! And, like, attacks Will, and he, like, throws her off of him because, you know, what else would you do when some crazy person was trying to poison you and your friends and then she attacks you for stopping her cult from doing that um and then like eden turns around and looks at will and goes what did you do will and like my, like during that whole moment i was like what did he do you guys are fucking trying to poison them yeah. <laughs> like holy shit like and they start killing more people yeah miguel is yeah. a doctor yeah. Or, yeah. I don't, do do like they specify that. what kind of doctor he is? I don't know. I think he's just a doctor. Yeah, but he starts, like, trying to, um, like, revive uh, Gina. And then, is it, it's David shoots him. Yeah. And then they start freaking out. And then Pruitt, like, gently walks over to David. And he's like, hey, hand me the gun. Hand me the gun. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe he's going to fix things. And he grabs the gun. And, and then, then fucking shoots, shoots Troy. Troy. Who just arrived at this party. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, Poor Joy. When, when it was happening, Marty was saying that, like, the, they're so racist because the first people they killed were the two Asian people, right. the, the gay Spanish guy. I'm glad Kira lived, though. Yeah. Yeah. But like, she's, like, the only black person in the whole movie, so, like, and that's she all... lives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, poor Choi didn't even know about all the cult stuff either because he missed, like, all of that. Yeah. So he doesn't even know why everyone's dying. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he only have, like, five lines in the whole movie? I think so. <laughs> Probably. Justice Aww. for Choi. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> he had a cool ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, that poor actor, because, like, all the other actors get, like, so much great, rich material in this movie, and mm-hmm. Troy just gets, like, those few lines. What's going on? Gina, are you okay? Like, Yeah. <laughs> hey, I called you, but, like, y'all didn't, y'all didn't answer. <laughs> that scene, though, um, what was the other guy's name? Miguel's partner? Tom? Tommy. 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 Yeah, that was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. When Miguel dies, and, like, you know, Tommy has to watch, watch him it. die, basically. Yeah. That scene really gets me every time. Yeah, and then Tommy's the one that ends up killing David. Yeah, Tommy survives too, which is nice. Yeah, I think so. he just sits in the house and cries though. Um, when uh, Will and Kira walk out, I don't, I don't remember if he follows them out. He follows them out, and then he says, "I've got to go get Miguel," and then she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry," and Kira hugs okay. him. Okay. He's like, "I got to go back in." Yeah. So okay. So he's the one that stays inside though, and yeah, that's fucked yeah. up. What I wonder is. Why did he survive for plot purposes? Because everyone was dying, and so I feel like... I think it was just because um, David was the one that shot Miguel, and so it was just kind of like, I have to do this Mm. for Miguel, you know? Well, what I'm wondering is, why was it, like, from a writer's perspective, why was it Tommy that survived? I just find, I'm just very curious about that, because I think all of the supporting cast kind of get, like, equal screen time, so Mm -hmm. I'm wondering... Is there any significance behind it being him that survives? I don't know. Yeah. Well, he is the one who um, Will confides in earlier. Mm-hmm. They have that nice scene together where Will is like, you know, I can't remember exactly what they say, but Will is basically telling him like, hey, I don't trust these people. Something sketchy is going on. And mm-hmm. like, and I feel like I can trust you with this and I feel like you'll listen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tommy really doesn't listen to him that much. <laughs> but like, but I guess like, I don't know, maybe it's because they had that nice scene mm-hmm. earlier. And then he ends up saving them. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he like finally like believes them or something. 
or like I don't know. It's it's a it's definitely an interesting question. Um, yeah. It's also it's also a weird one, like a weird choice to have him kill David and not like Will or Kira, when mm-hmm. like those two are kind of the main characters. I kind of like that choice, though. Because, again, like, Tommy's the one who has someone to avenge. Yeah. I do like that. Um, I just think it's... It's a strange thing to not have, like, your main character go up against, like, one of the main antagonists, you know? Yeah. Well, I think... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, I guess... Each of the three survivors gets something to do. Because Kira mm-hmm. gets that badass moment where she gets to kill Pruitt. Well, yeah. I say badass. It's cool for her, but it's also, like, a horrifying scene. Yeah. Because she, like, keeps hitting him, thinking that each one's going to be the final blow, and then it's not. And, and then Pruitt just starts screaming. <laughs> He's like, ah! And she's like, fucking stop it! <laughs> so she gets that moment, and Tommy gets to kill David. And I guess Will's moment is not killing someone, but it's when he carries Eden outside. Yeah. Yeah. he... I don't know. I guess, like, because he's... Uh, his character is linked to such a violent, traumatic memory from his past with his mm-hmm. son. I think it's nice that his moment in the climax is something peaceful. Giving yeah. his wife what she finally wants. Well, yeah. yeah, because he is kind of extremely violent, like, through the whole film. Like... Yeah. He's very, he's just very aggressive, I should yeah. say. He's not violent per the se. The opening scene is um him so when they're driving to the dinner party, they hit a coyote and then he has to go out and like kill it to put it out of its misery. I knew specifically what that meant as soon as like he was like there's something going on here because coyotes are um in I think some native uh tribes um, so, like, some Native American tribes, a coyote is, like, actually a symbol for, um, trickery. So. Yeah, it's, like, the equivalent to Loki in, um, certain mythologies. Yeah. I, I think... Uh, so, like, he's basically yeah. just, like, killing the lies, I guess. And you try to trick Will, like, don't fuck <laughs> with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so that would be, like, Eden, I guess you could say... Well, mm-hmm. all of the cult members really are kind of the tricksters, but like mm-hmm. Eden, I guess, especially. Which I liked what they did with her character too, mm-hmm. because they make her very sympathetic. That you see, you know, after the killing starts, she kind of has this moment of regret of like, I can't do this, I can't do this, and David's trying to talk her into it, which felt very real. And in that moment, you get the sense that, okay, this is a person who is just utterly lost. And then she's like tasked with killing Will, I think, and then she has the gun, and then she just turns it on herself and shoots herself in the stomach. And then, like, her last, like, couple of lines are about how, like, she misses her son and how, like, how, like, painful it still is, even though, like, she's trying to be so, you know, she's trying to bury it so deep with all this cult shit. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, you know, I totally understand, and you just have to embrace it. Because yeah. I don't think she's a violent or bad person. I mm-hmm. think she's just very, like, lost, like you said. And yeah. I think she just wants to find peace, and this cult has manipulated her to believe that this is the yeah. way to do it. Yeah. And, yeah. It's really sad. Yeah, it's really really fucking sad. (sighs) So, should we talk about that ending? Because... Oh, the last, like, couple shots. Yeah, Yeah, with the red lanterns. Yeah. Yeah. God, okay, so... 
like they walk outside after they've killed David and and then I guess Tommy goes back inside and then Will and Kira are standing outside and like Will looks over and there's this like red lantern hanging on the mailbox I think and so then he looks over and like there's like a big hillside with like a bunch of houses on it and like you can see like that pretty much every hill else on that hill has a, a red lantern right next to it and it's really freaky <laughs> and like in the background you can hear sounds of people screaming and yeah. helicopters going by and ambulances yeah and it's like oh shit how many people have just died yeah uh, and, and the funny thing is, like, they kind of set up for this earlier because when they're when uh, they're first trying to kind of pitch this cult to all their dinner guests, they mention like, yeah, you know, it's it's a movement that's becoming very popular with people in L.A. and New York. But like, you know, as the audience member, you kind of just brush that off as like, oh, they're just saying that to like try and you know make this seem like a big deal. But no, mm-hmm. apparently, it actually is very very popular in L.A., which mm-hmm. is where the film takes place. So. I don't know. That was kind of cool. Yeah. It kind of, like, I don't know. There was a part of me that was kind of disappointed in that ending because of um, the fact that it wasn't it wasn't an isolated incident. Because I felt like, I felt like it would have been more impactful if it was just a couple of people that had just decided to go with this. But, like, y- again, um, if you think about cults, they'll, like, try to convince anyone that they're special, and, like, there's a part where David's like, we were chosen, we have to do this, and then, like, you look over, and then, like, there's, like, a million Red Lanterns, it's like, everyone was chosen to murder a bunch of people, I guess, and, like, that makes sense to me, because, like, you know, they'll try to sell anything to you if they think they can get away with it. Yeah, and, and, like, real-life cults, there have been real cases that have, like, thousands and thousands of members Mm -hmm. that have gotten very, very big. The interesting thing about this, too, is, like, you don't really ever know anything about, you never learn who the leader is or anything about that. You just know it's a bald guy, he's like, you're very special. Yeah. What's his name? Doctor something? (laughs) I don't don't remember. remember. I'll look it up. All right. But yeah, I kind of like that, because I think a lot of movies and, like, media about cults are so focused on the leader, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's more interesting to see it from the perspective of, like, the members, and, like, what what about this is appealing to just a regular person, mm-hmm. you know, especially these people who have dealt with grief and trauma, and, like, you can kind of see What was why... Sadie's trauma? Because it... They, I don't think they ever talk about it. They never say... She just acts weird. But uh, yeah, I assume there's like, something. you can fuck me if you want to. He's like, yeah, no! She's very... Get away from me! It might have been some sort of sexual trauma, because she's, like, super open about her sexuality. Yeah. Like, yeah. she was like, yeah, when we were in Mexico joining the cult, we all walked around naked and had sex with each other all the time, and it was great. So, like, I don't know. I guess... If you read into it a lot, you could say, like, okay, well, maybe she had some sort of sexual trauma, and then she's, like, being overly sexual to, like, mm-hmm. compensate or, yeah. like, cover yeah. it up. Yeah, that, I, 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 I think that's just, I think what they call it is hypersexuality, because that does happen with a lot of, like, people who have been, like, sexually assaulted or raped, and, and, like, I think that's, it's, like, definitely a thing that happens, so, I mean, that, that's definitely a plausible thing. 
the leader's name was Dr. Joseph. Dr. Joseph. <laughs> he kind of reminded me of Jeremiah from uh, Mandy a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. I can see that. Like, the cult leader kind of yeah. persona. We don't get to see a lot of Dr. Joseph, but, like, the way he, like, presented himself in the video was very similar to Jeremiah. Hmm. I like how some of the people in the cult had biblical names. Like, because there's Dr. Joseph and mm. David, and specifically the one that stands out the most is Eden. Eden. Yeah. yeah. Was, it literally Eden. reminds me of the Garden of Eden, which was mm-hmm. a place of peace and tranquility when all of a sudden sin was introduced into it Ooh. and it became corrupted, much like Eden. Yeah. Yeah. Peace, but then it gets corrupted by murder. Yes. So. Symbolic names. I love it when names in movies mean Oh things. shit, like, Will. Too. Like willpower. Like he's not gonna follow the bullshit. Oh. oh. What about Kira? Kira. I don't know the oh. origins of the name Kira. Kira. Let's look it Let's up. Let's just do this with all of the characters. <laughs> <laughs> what does Choi mean? <laughs> My first thought was Tendo Choi from Pacific Rim. <laughs> also, I've watched this movie. This is the third time I watched this movie, and this time we watched it with subtitles. I'd never watched it with subtitles before, and I definitely thought his name was Troy. Oh, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> and then this movie, like, the word Choi kept coming up. I was like, who's Choi? And Kira like, oh, wait, is an Irish guy. name, which is the feminine of Kiar. Which means black. That's fucked. Okay, that's okay. fucked up. I'm gonna just like say they probably didn't do that on purpose, but at the same time, that is really kind of ironic. It's also the Russian feminine form of Cyrus. Um, it says, and it can, which is from. A Greek word, which means lord or uh, ruler or mistress. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, let's go with that one instead. Yeah. Oh, and and then it says, thirdly, the name can be a feminine form of Karam, which is a Sanskrit name that means beam of light. Which, I like that one a lot, too. He's like, she's like the one good thing in Will's life after Mm -hmm. the fact that his son died. I like that. I like that, too. <laughs> That's fucked up. Black. I know. Gosh. And Pruitt means valiant, brave, or wise. And oh. Sadie is a nickname for Sarah, which means princess. And it's also a biblical name. Yeah, I was about to say, wait, so. Sarah is also a biblical yeah. name. Where do you get, where do you get Sadie, Sadie from Sarah. I don't know. I've never know. heard that before. It's I guess it's kind of one of those situations where like you get like Midge from Margaret or something. Yeah, or like, like how does Dick that from Richard? Well, yeah, like, <laughs> you get you get Midge because it's like Marge, and that's from Margaret, and so like it's just the way people say Marge, Midge, like, even so more so Marge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the names thing is really compelling though. I like I I like that they did that. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else we have to say about this movie? Is there anything in particular you didn't like about it? Um, hmm. Well, I didn't like the fact that I kept thinking that the guy that was playing David was Diego Luna, but it wasn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. We did mention when the movie started that, like, the casting felt like they, like, cast people who look like really famous actors. Yes. Like, they were trying to emulate that. Mm-hmm. 
Because I think the guy who plays Will looks like Tom Hardy. Yeah, <laughs> with a beard. Yeah. And then Eden... <sighs> she kind of reminds me of the lady from... um Not Black Mirror. Um, American Horror Story, who's in, like, everything. I can't remember. Not, wait, Sarah Paulson? Yeah. Or... Uh, okay. She kind of reminded me of her a little bit. Okay, I could see Sarah Paulson playing her. I guess, like, I'm such a fan of Sarah Paulson. Like, I yeah. can see that. Mm-hmm. She kind of reminded me of... I don't know if it's Carla Gugino or not, uh, who I'm thinking of. Yeah. But Carla Gugino was uh, in Gerald's Game. Oh, and I okay. Think yeah. Just like the way she looked kind of reminded me of her. I could see that. I'm going to pull up the uh, um, the IMDb page. I was, looking, I was looking at it when uh, we were watching the movie because the lead actually was in Upgrade as well. Mm. And he did a really good job in Upgrade. Um, I wasn't, like, the biggest fan of that movie, but his performance was amazing, and I thought, like, really carries it through. Um, so the lady playing Eden is uh, Tammy Blanchard, who is Florinda and in Into the Woods. That's one of the stepsisters, right? I think so. That's... Yeah. Okay. I... <laughs> I didn't, I looked up the cast, and, like, I didn't really know very many of the things that they had done, um, aside from the lead being an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, the director of this movie, though, I actually knew a few things that she's directed. So, um, she directed Jennifer's Body, which I haven't seen yet, but I've heard really good things about. And then she also directed a segment from the movie XX. Yeah. So, that's kind of cool. Um, I think that's also still on Netflix actually so maybe we should talk about that hmm. one at some point oh okay so so the girl who plays sadie was in this movie called a teacher have you guys heard of it Mm-mm. i haven't actually seen it yet but it was directed by my instructor at quartz mountain a couple really of years ago. seriously yeah Whoa, oh that's, that's cool. cool yeah uh hannah fidel is her name and so cool. she's like rising in power yeah (laughs) yeah that's awesome yeah a teacher i think it was on netflix but now it's i don't know okay (laughs) oh i'll have to look that up but yeah i always like try and throw that out there like hey i know someone who like is rising in the film business so that's awesome that's really exciting all right i guess so the invitation (laughs) yeah so i think we would all give this a recommend Yeah. yeah It's definitely, it's definitely one that would, um, that would be good. I don't words now. (laughs) Um, it would definitely, it would definitely be a good one to watch, whether or not you want to watch it again. Um, because it does bring up a lot of questions and is very interesting and kind of, kind of philosophical. Mm -hmm. And it would be really, yeah, just the questions that it asks would be really fun to discuss with other people if you wanted to so yeah definitely watch it with some friends yeah now if you if you don't like slow builds you might have a tough time with this movie because there Mm -hmm. is a lot of Mm build-up um personally i like that because i think it makes it makes all the action pay off more but if you're only in it for just action um then you might you know be kind of frustrated with the build-up just watch the last 20 minutes (laughs) yeah yeah but, you know, personally, I enjoy the build-up and the action. Mm-hmm. I, I do, too. It's definitely, like, there are some movies that, like, the build-up is, like, really boring, but it's definitely worth the payoff um, for the rest of the film. Just, like, to have all of the information that it um, that it gives you. 
Yeah, but I think the build-up to this one's really strong anyway, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the guy that played Pruitt was uh, Lyndon B. Johnson in the, the Jackie movie. Yeah, I, oh, I saw that okay. when I looked him up earlier. Yeah. Sorry, I was looking at, at IMDb and I interrupted again. <laughs> oh, it's all good. We've been looking We're at IMDb good. for like 15 minutes now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's, well, this movie has a huge cast. Yeah. So... Um, where on the internet can you guys be found? You can find me on YouTube at The Film Nerds, and you can also find us on Instagram at The Film Nerds, and my personal Instagram account is just Josh Elliott. That's E-L-I-O-T, one L and one T. Remember that. That's what everyone always gets wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where you can find me. And you can find this podcast on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for tuning in. Um, Stay warm out there or do your best. I know some of you northerners are dealing with some heavy snow, so please stay safe. And for you uh, um, southern hemispherers. Like us. (laughs) (laughs) Like us. Well, southern hemispherers, like people below like even oh like, yeah, yeah like oh. australia yeah if, i heard was whoops. southern <laughs> yeah no me too my mind went there yeah. like y'all australians i'm jealous of you because you got good weather right now i'm cold bring the sun back <laughs> taking a break <laughs> it has and uh may your nightmares be plentiful <laughs> Woo!